Hello and welcome to Robin and Stephanie's Crimeaholics podcast. Hello. Uh, tonight we're going to do the number one series on Netflix about Jeffrey Dahmer. And if anyone has not seen this, I am surprised. Right. And if you have not seen it, there might be some spoiler alerts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> so, so, you know, I have been a crime junkie for quite some time. When this shit popped up in my email, I'm like, let me add it. <laughs> <laughs> so, last week, you know, we said that's what we were going to do this week. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think of it? And I actually finished it before Robin. I did all 10 episodes in two days. <laughs> yeah, it took me a little longer. <laughs> but my sister Gail does that too. She can go through like yeah. a freaking season a night. I'm like, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. So, all right. I did not know a lot about. Jeffrey Dahmer until I seen this. How about you? Um, well, I mean, I remember because, um, you know, the year that he got arrested and all of that happened was the year I graduated high school. So I kind of vaguely remember, you know, hearing about it, and but I didn't know a lot of the details. Like I didn't remember that the majority of the men that he killed were gay and that he was gay. Like I, that was like a, a yeah. point that I didn't even didn't even realize, you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess because I didn't remember all his victims being male, basically. Like, I I and just I knew didn't... that he killed people and he was a cannibal and he did this and that, but I didn't remember all his victims being male. And I didn't remember a lot of them being black either. No, I didn't remember that either, and I didn't remember it causing. Of course, you know, again, I was just graduating high school, so. I probably wasn't really paying attention to the news too much at that time, you know, to remember that it caused a lot of like uh, racial tension in that area. Yeah. And we'll get into that later. Um, so, all right. Where so, do you begin? I, I, I don't even know. And it's kind of crazy because so the the show did jump back and forth a lot, like to when he was little to like current times to then like when he was a teenager in high school, then back to current times, like based on different things. So so if we jump around, that's kind of like how we how we watched it because it jumped around. All right. So I'm going to get into uh, sort of some background facts. All right. So he was also known as the Milwaukee Cannibal or the Milwaukee Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a serial killer and sex offender who committed the murder and dismemberment of 17 men and boys between 1978 and 1991. Right. Many of his later murders involved necrophilia, cannibalism, and the permanent preservation of body parts, typically all, were part of the skeleton. 
So although he was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, schizotypal personality disorder, and a psychotic disorder, Dahmer was found to be legally sane at his trial. He was convicted of 15 of the 16 murders that he had committed in Wisconsin and was sentenced to 15 terms of life imprisonment on February 17, 1992. Dahmer was later sentenced to a 16th term of life for an additional homicide committed in Ohio in 1978. Okay, so now that that's out there, we have a little background of this sick fuck. Um, so to get out of the facts, I think that actor was fabulous and he should win every award hands down. Yeah, he's he's really good. Like he was, he does a lot of the um, American Horror Stories. If you watch any of those, um, he's in that. Like he's a regular on there, and he's he's really good. Like I didn't even realize it was him at first until I looked it up. Yeah, and I was he like, was. Oh my God, that's who that is. But yeah, he did an amazing, amazing job. Yeah, he was just fabulous. So. All right, so I sort of want to get into his childhood. Yeah, let's start there. So what was his dad? Was his dad a doctor, a scientist? What was his dad? You know what? I don't even really think it said what his dad was, but he seemed to have to travel a lot for work, right? Um, But, I mean, he did know a lot of... um, science so I, I he must have been something so i see here it says he was a re- he was a teletype machine instructor oh and no, later a research chemist yeah so he was some kind of chemist so right. anyway when Dahmer was little um back it up to the mom's pregnancy she was taking handfuls of prescriptions while Bar- she was pregnant. freaking antidepressants, you name it, she was taking it. Yeah. So that's probably the first thing that fucked him up in the head. So as he was a child, they did have another kid, a little boy, but the mom and dad were had an awful marriage. They were fighting, yelling, screaming. They would fight all the time. Um, the mom, like, was paying no attention to him. Uh, so he was, like, a loner as a little boy. Mm-hmm. And he was always, like, odd. Like, he wasn't into, like, normal things kids were into. Yeah, and he was a little pipsqueak. Yeah, he was. Like glasses, little. So I think that had something to do with it. So then his father tries to have some kind of relationship with him. And where did they start? With a frog? Was it a frog? Where they started dissecting him? I, I, I feel like it was. I feel like it was bigger than a frog. I feel like it was, was it a squirrel? squirrel. I think it was a squirrel. 
So, and that piqued Dahmer's interest, like, off the charts. So... Well, because, well, it started because he told the story of how you can, which will later come into play, how you can give somebody a lobotomy, but as long as you leave one piece of their brain on their um, stem. The stem, you can cut off their head as long as you leave like one piece of the, you know, uh, what is that called? Um, I guess the brain stem. You leave one piece of the brain on that stem whatever yeah that's what it is yeah or spinal column or whatever it is and if you were to do something it'll they'll still move their arms and legs and he was totally fascinated by that that you could mess with someone's brain and that would still happen and he was only a little boy then like what six or seven he was like eight i want to say he was like eight Yeah, between 8 and 10. He He was was just a a little boy that that conversation isn't even for that age child. But so as life went on and the father was trying to have a relationship with him because the mom was all strung out somewhere, leaving the other little brother to cry for hours on end in the playpen. Oh, God, yeah. He was very interested in i don't know i don't even know what to call it dissecting things preserving things right and then he got into taxidermy yeah so he like it was funny the one part they were doing you know like most everyone does in their biology class they have to dissect something and they had a pig you know baby pig that they got to dissect in class and he was super excited about that and he said can i take one home and he's like can i take one home and the teacher was like in my 22 years of teaching no one's ever asked me that but yeah be my guest yeah i failed that class and it was a damn frog i said i I said i ain't doing that and he said well that's that's half your grade if you don't do it you'll fail i said well i guess i'll fail maybe next year you won't be doing that in this class Right. And I failed. And then he even, so then he even got like a job when he was in high school at like a butcher shop, like to cut and like learn how to cut meat and stuff like that. So it was, it was, he was very strange. <laughs> yeah. And, but somewhat kind of in his defense, he had reached out to his dad and told him that, you know, he wasn't normal and he liked things that you know other kids didn't or and his dad just shoot him like uh, yeah i mean talk about that at at one point i mean when he gets arrested obviously his dad goes back and replays certain things that happened throughout the life that he was I should have picked up on that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that was a, that was a red flag right there. Like, I missed it. You know, like, memories of things that had happened that he should have picked up on, but he never did. And he kind of just... So, whatever. I think where the murder started was his mom and dad finally decide that they're going to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. And the mom <laughs> leaves with the younger brother... And the dad left, and they both left Jeffrey at the house unattended, and he was still in high school. Right. So that's the first murder, right? Yeah, that was like in, I want to say, 78. So 
and that kid was 18 and that was at the I think that was the hitchhiker right was it the hitchhiker or or the boy running the run no because I don't think he ever got a hold of him I think that kid ran away did he kill that kid I think so isn't he the one he beat with the dumbbell no that was the hitchhiker that was the hitchhiker the runner kid got away this was the hitchhiker and I think he was like probably the only one that wasn't um gay but he he and he didn't even necessarily I mean I don't think it was that he necessarily picked gay men but he picked people who he considered were beautiful is what he said yeah well in the show it it shows him I don't know in high school I guess where he's starting to figure out that he's gay right like yeah (laughs) yeah like um you know um you know boys do certain things when they're in high school and they look through (laughs) magazines and certain pictures and the pictures of women weren't really turning him on let's just say (laughs) but in that same sense he right he found something else that turned him on well, yeah, but if you remember, he was actually picturing and visualizing, like, that pig heart in his yes. hands. And that's what, you know, Turned aroused him. him <laughs> which was very weird. <laughs> yeah, like, ill. Right, ill. <laughs> so he ends up, so his father comes back, like, a couple months later with his new girlfriend, and had no idea that he was staying there alone. The house was a mess. Uh, there was beer bottles everywhere. Um, so you mean to tell me that whole time that dad was gone, he never picked up the phone to talk to him or never right. asked the ex about him? So also during that time, he started to drink heavily too because he would show up at school and drink beer in class. Yeah. So he really got, he was... I want to almost say like he was probably somewhat an alcoholic. I mean, oh, he, God, yeah. he drank excessively. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much when it started. Yeah. So, I mean, I found it weird that the mom and dad didn't have one conversation with him the whole time. You know, I mean, I guess the dad thought the mom was there and the mom thought the dad was like, because the way she said when she said, well, your dad's at a motel with his new woman or whatever, I guess maybe she thought he was going to come back from the motel. <laughs> well, yeah. And like the mom got very jealous of Jeff when he started building a relationship with his own father. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah. felt as though the dad was paying more attention to the kid than him. Like what the hell is your problem? Right. You should be grateful. Right. So, all right, let, let's start getting into some. So, he did manage to graduate high school. Barely. And did he go into the Army or college first? College. Well, I think he went to college first because... 
when they came to see him at the house, they told him that they would get him into college and they would help him get into college. And he screwed that up. Yeah. So he was telling them then they took him out to dinner and he was telling them then that, you know, he's barely going to graduate, that he's not like other kids. And I'm pretty sure that's when he went to Ohio, wasn't it? Because isn't that where they were? Yeah, he went to Ohio State. Right. Okay. But this is when he's having the discussion with his dad that there's something wrong with him. You know, that he doesn't think like other kids, that he's done some things that nobody would believe. Like, and the dad just poo-pooed it. Okay, well, you're going to go to college now. Like, And his dad always tried to talk to him about girls and he always avoided the subjects. Yeah, but I feel as though he was reaching out because he knew something was wrong. Right. Like, that's not normal to murder people. And I think by the time he graduated high school, he had already murdered the first one, right? Well, yeah, because in 78, I'm not sure. It was probably around the same time, I feel like, the hitchhiker, because that was in 78. And that was his first one. And then he didn't commit another one for nine years. So... When he was left in the house alone is when he murdered the first one. And then the right. dad came after that. So it had, and he didn't graduate until the dad was there. So that first murder had to happen. Right. While he was still in high school. Correct. So then, you know, they send him off to college. I don't know how they even got him in there with his grades or whatever. And then he gets kicked out of college for what? Alcohol abuse, not attending classes. Right. So then the father decides that, okay, well, now you're going to go in the army. Right. So he throws you need some discipline in your life. Yeah. Blah, blah. So he's going to be a, a medical specialist. Mm. And we're already like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> right. So... I don't know. He gets drunk in the army, um, insubordination. Um, I feel like he um, sexually assaulted someone too while he was in the army, or if not one, if not a couple people. And I think that's why he was discharged as well. And he got his ass beat when he was there, right? So then he gets kicked out of the damn army. So is that when he went to live with the grandma? Yes. Now, because the dad picked him up and was like, you're going to live with your grandmother. I can't take this. Like, basically, because he basically had had enough. Like, I've done this. Like, you're doing this. And, like, all kinds of crazy things. Yeah, but why Why would you throw him with your elderly mother? If you can't handle it, your mom. Because I feel like he just didn't want to deal with it at all. Yeah, but when he first went with the grandma, she looked petrified of him, and she knew he was a a fuck-up. Right. So, in 81, he returned to Ohio to live with his parents following his military discharge, but was arrested for drunken disorderly conduct, for which he fined and received a suspended jail sentence. That was in 81. Yeah. So he got kicked out of college. He got kicked out of the army. So now he's living with grandma. He gets some other job. What was he doing after that? 
I think that's when he got the job at the meat the meat shop, the butcher shop. Oh, okay. Because while he was working at the butcher have... shop, that whole incident happened at the state fair. Didn't he have a a butcher job in high school too? No, I think that's where it gets confusing because I think they were jumping back and forth. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I don't think he had a butcher job in high school. So, what was the next, if he went nine years without murdering anyone, what the hell was the It was 87. So, he was, like, so he was basically suppressing his urges during this whole time. So, I feel like he, you know, did a couple things, got, was drinking all the time. I don't think he was taking pills. I'm kind of, I like, I looked up the timeline. So, then in 82 is when he was arrested. So, he would visualize things. So he went and got the job at the butcher shop. And the owner of the butcher shop basically said, you need to dress nice even if you're in the back. And he went to that department store. And he stayed there after it closed and stole a mannequin and brought it home. <laughs> and would lay in bed with the mannequin. So and at this point, he's still a virgin. Right, right, exactly. And he's just like getting, you know, aroused and touching it and treating it and like laying in bed with it basically and then the grandma finds it she throws it away and then like in 82 he was she said you should go to the state fair he was she was trying to stop drinking and she made the mistake of saying oh they have a beer garden there or something like that a beer tent and he was like oh they do so he decided to go he was drinking again which i feel like his drinking intensified the way he thought about things, I guess. Yeah. Well, as we all or know. Or visualize things, shall I say. Because as we then all know, point, drinking uh, helps you make some pretty shitty decisions. And, right. Um, I don't know. You get beer muscles. So. Right. So he was literally at the state fair and was like, had been drinking a, a lot. And was in front of, like, one of the games and literally had his pants down around his ankles and was, like, pleasing himself. So he had then got arrested for indecent exposure. Yeah. So then um, he's out and, and drinking and going to bars and grandmom's trying to push him into, you know... Social situations, get some friends, find a girlfriend. Yeah. So he ends up at these gay bars. And I never knew that they had gay bathhouses. So I think back then, like, um, it's uh, the gay scene had to be very like underground kind of thing. Yeah. Because that's like right around the time that like AIDS became prevalent. Mm -hmm. So they really had, and there was a lot of gay bashing going on and different things like that. So they really had to be careful where they went to be them true, to be their true selves. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at, these, at that time, these gay bath houses are, um, a room with a door and a bed. Right. And I don't I mean, know. Well, they were people bathing, too, like in a group. <laughs> <laughs> they were naked in a group. <laughs> so, and I don't know, you rent them by the hour? Like, 
So he goes in there and his first time, and he's just, so he invited that guy in the first time, right? No, well, no. So the how he found out about the bathhouse was somebody took him there. Yes. So that was his first time and he just wanted to cuddle. Right, right, right. And the guy was like, I got to go to work or whatever. Yeah. So then he knew about the bathhouses. And then he became their number one customer. Right. But, so at this point, he had to be working. Where did he get all these drugs from? Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, they didn't really go into that aspect of that. So I'm not really sure. So you could see him in the in the gay bar, uh, you know, talking up some guy, going to get a drink. And back then you could smoke in the bars and he would put the pills under the ashtray to smush them and break them down and then just brush them in the drink. Right. And that's how he started uh, drugging people. But, so, I I don't know, was he even a couple people in before he was leaving them that they're looking half dead? Um, so, well, if you back up a little bit, his first victim after the one in, in 78 was, remember he went to that hotel? Right. The with that one. guy, and he... I think he, he didn't mean to kill that guy. I don't think he drugged him, but gave him too much mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he woke up and he was mad that he was dead. And he went and got that suitcase, came back to the room and put his body in the suitcase and then kind of like pushed him down the stairs at his grandmother's house in the suitcase. <laughs> yeah. So that was like his first victim. And then I feel like after that, was when he actually so okay so the one young boy that he killed he lured his brother yeah that was and his later. brother got away yeah so still with these bathhouses it says to maintain an adequate supply of his medications Dahmer informed informed doctors that he works nights and required the tablets to adjust to that schedule. After approximately 12 such instances, the bathhouse administrator revoked Dahmer's uh, membership and he began to use hotel rooms to continue. Okay. So shortly after... Or his grandmother's house. Yeah, so shortly after the bathhouse membership was revoked... Dahmer read a report in a newspaper regarding the upcoming funeral of an 18-year-old man. He conceived the idea of stealing the freshly... Oh, that's right. He dug up that body. According to Dahmer, he admitted to dig up the coffin from the ground, but found the soil too hard and abandoned the plan. But in his mind, he like he had visions of laying with that dead body. I remember that. Yeah, I forgot about that. So then it says Dahmer was arrested upon a charge of lewd behavior 
for masturbating in the presence of two 12-year-old boys as he stood close to the, I don't know, Kinnick-Nick River? He initially claimed that he had been merely urinating, unaware that there were any witnesses, but soon admitted to the offense. The charge was changed to disorderly conduct, and Dahmer was sentenced to one year probation with additional instructions to undergo counseling. Like, don't you think there'd be like a three strike thing with that? Yeah, and why did they change it? To disorderly conduct. So, like, that's kind of like, like, I kind of wanted to, you know, obviously because we know the outcome and, you know, that he was eventually obviously arrested. But, I mean, so the next victim was that 14-year-old boy that he lured with the $50 saying, I want to just take pictures of you. And that boy got away and his parents went to the police and tried to charge, and, you know, he was charged with sexual assault then. And he should have done jail time. And the judge let him go again. Well, I feel as though, and back at this time, the world wasn't such a crazy place. Well, it wasn't known about such a crazy place. And like now, if someone offered you money to take pictures, you know what the hell they're up to. Back then, obviously, you know, it it wasn't happening that much or it wasn't talked about as much. I don't know. I mean, I guess it wasn't talked about because honestly, like there was four serial killers around the same time as this. Like John Wayne Gacy was one. Ted Bundy was one. Like they were all committing these murders around the same time of each other. Yeah. But even when I was a kid in the eighties, like, I remember doors not being locked. You most definitely oh, yeah. didn't lock your car. Oh, yeah, you know, you're right. We got up at 9 o'clock in the morning, and we came in when the streetlights came on. Like, nobody knew where the hell we were. True. This is true. And I'm thinking if somebody offered me $50 back then, I'd have been like, oh, okay, well, I'll take some pictures. So <laughs> it, was a whole, right. it was a whole different world then. Yeah, it, it, this is true. And, you know, my parents watched the news, but I seen the news come on and I went in the other room. So I had no idea that this shit was going on. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Neither did I. I didn't. That's why I said, like, I didn't remember all the details of all of this because of that. Yeah. And it, it was very, I mean, to jump another way, the families of these victims are having a hard time with this coming out because you know it's it's bringing back memories of how their loved one died and everything else and one of them was like upset at netflix that they're not even sharing these proceeds with the victim's family right um and you know i can go both ways on that a don't watch it but B, yeah, you should share the money. I mean, it's not your damn story. Well, I mean, there was three of the victims, like mothers, that once he got arrested, there was a comic book that had come out, and they tried to stop that because at that time, and it didn't get stopped. Like, they tried to stop the release of that comic book. Okay, so let's get into that little... uh, The other brother was 17, right? 
uh, the older brother. Yeah, the one that got yeah, away. Yeah, he was like 17. He got away. The family, you know, filed a complaint against the police. And I think he like... I think he I think he was on probation for sexual assault of a minor or something like that, which then comes into play because then he lures the brother, who was like 14 at the time, drugged him, like gave him a lobotomy, like drilled a hole in his head, made him like a zombie. That was his thing. Like he wanted to make all his victims zombies while he molested them, which was kind of creepy. And um, the whole thing's creepy. Right. And he had left the apartment. He wound up having to get his own apartment at that time um, because his grandmother was tired of him bringing guys back to the house or whatever. And her basement smelled like rotting flesh. Um, But don't look. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She didn't want to go downstairs. Gee, basement stinks. Wonder why. Let's shut the door. Right, right. And so the boy escaped. And when one one of the neighbors called the police, he just said, oh, and he was coming around the corner because he had just gone to the store. He's like, oh, that, that's my boyfriend. He's 19. Like, the police never asked for his identification. They actually walked him back into the apartment. Um, and he had another body on the side of his bed. So, all right. So, he drugged that little boy. Mm-hmm. He was drugged out of his mind and naked. And runs out of the apartment, stumbling, falling, that he's trying to kill him. And he gets through. Well, no, he wasn't saying anything because he couldn't speak because he had drilled that hole in his head and put acid in his brain. Oh. So he gets through (laughs) the apartments and out on the damn street. He's naked. And, you know... The police, when he comes around and says, oh, he's my boyfriend, he's drunk, you know, da-da-da-da-da. He always does this. Never, uh, the boy is fucking naked. Never asked for ID or anything. Well, they did, but he said he lost it. That was his excuse, and they never, they never found out. Don't you need to know this shit? But because it was the 80s and you know being gay was taboo that's all Dahmer had to say is he's my gay lover and they're right. quick turning their head getting ready to run because they don't right. you know they don't want to know nothing about it oh 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 shit you're gay okay 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 so well that's again like, that's because AIDS was prevalent and they, they didn't you know, back then you didn't know, like you thought that if you touch somebody, you could get AIDS. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, people they were like educated. a little hesitant. So that worked in his favor. Right. And he ended up killing that one. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he was just going to the gay bar every night and getting another one, murdering them. Right. I mean, it seemed like it was every night, but I'm sure it was like a little spaced in between. Right. But yes. I mean, he picked up a lot but in his bedroom he's got a bloody goddamn mattress he's got right who the hell i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry if i walked into that freaking apartment and first of all smelled what i smelled yeah i would have been like i'm out yeah please or you're showing me around and i see two huge blood spots on a fucking mattress that doesn't have a sheet i'm out like Come on. <laughs> yeah. And like there was jars of body parts. Like, 
Don't you look around, but I guess the majority of the people he took back there were already drugged and weren't able to look. I mean, I guess. But I know I had to turn my head a couple of times watching a show. One, when he worked in that goddamn blood bank. <laughs> I turned my head. I forgot about that. And about the, the blood bank. The other time I turned my head is when he was cooking, frying that body part. Oh, yeah, it looks like a pork chop. I had turned my goddamn head. Like, I can watch a lot of things. Those are two big no-nos. We don't cook and eat body parts. Wasn't he trying to feed the neighbor that shit? Oh, I think so. Because at one point, she was like, he was trying to feed it to her, or I think he was trying to drug her, actually. So, the movie said that he had this neighbor, and she was a damn good actor, too. And this... Nash, I love her. The neighbor kept calling the cops and saying, it sounds like somebody's getting murdered next door. Yeah, 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 yeah. She'd call the, the, the building uh, landlord and say, it smells like the worst over there it's coming through the vents can you go see what it is and he would say oh meat went bad or you know oh i cooked this i didn't know it was going to smell that bad but this neighbor called the cops umpteen thousand times and they just blew her off Mm -hmm. blew her off um, if they did come out there, they were even in his damn apartment <laughs> and could smell that smell. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm told, I don't know, and hopefully I never have to find out, that the rotting of a body is a distinct smell that once you get it in your nose, you can't get it out. So those cops would know what that well, smell is. I don't know even if it was the smell of rotting body. It could have been he he was cooking and boiling body parts so the flesh would come off the bones kind of thing. Well, that... Uh... That big giant blue drum in the apartment. Well, was that was full acid. acid. Right. Yeah. So he was one sick, twisted, demented son of a bitch. Yeah. So you say how he got caught. Oh, well, first let's go back to. Um, I just want to rewind and say that I was so upset that Tony forgot his keys. (laughs) I was like, no! (laughs) Because I think he really, I was like, oh my God, he spent the night with somebody and didn't kill them. Oh my God, maybe he's like, you know, of course we know that didn't happen, but then I'm like. then he had the knife behind his back. Why did you, why did you come by for your keys, damn it? But anyway. Um, that was horrible yeah, that's I so thing. he was my favorite too I was like because they really went into a background story on him which just made it so much worse Well, and that was another thing he had a big fear of people, people leaving him, leaving him mm. which I mean if your two parents leave you in a house friggin unattended I guess you do have that fear his mom was a piece of shit that didn't even pay attention to him as a kid and he was I guess raising himself and his little brother. 
And once the dad got the new girlfriend, he, he was like, yeah, fuck off. So I get where he gets that fear from. Right. But again, a lot of people have that fear and don't murder. Well, so here's the other thing, too. So he, he how many times did he almost get caught? Yeah, and but not. So, like, he had bodies in his car and got pulled over. They never checked his car. One guy, actually, he had drugged when he was at his grandmom's. He took him to his grandmom's house. And he he couldn't see his car wouldn't start. And he was like, oh, well, my grandmom lives right around the corner. Come with me and I'll help you. You know, we'll, we'll get my car, bring it back, and we'll jump you. That was the first time he should have been caught. Yeah. Like, he, so he drugged that guy. The grandmother came down at that point and was like, why, why does he look like that? He looks like he needs a hospital. She sat with him all night. Yep. So Dahmer couldn't do anything. So then she, she was like, well, we need to take him home. They put him on a bus. Okay. He's still they put him on a bus. He he's not even barely conscious. Yeah. And tell the bus driver, Oh yeah, he lives at the end of, you know, so and so or whatever. He gets all the way to the end of the line and that's all you see. Next thing you know, he's waking up in the hospital. And the nurse he's like, Where am I? And she's like, Oh, you almost overdosed. You're lucky to be alive. He was like, I was drugged. Yeah. He's He's like, like, I I don't don't do do drugs. drugs. And he went to the police and they didn't even believe him because he said he met him at a gay bar. Yep. And And, uh, and he offered to help me with my car. They basically like, and they even went and questioned Jeffrey and the grandma. And you could tell that the grandma was like, "Mm, this doesn't seem right. But Jeffrey made up all kinds of excuses and they never followed through on it. Well, they didn't believe him because he was gay and black. Right. Right. And that's basically what he said. Like, it it was just crazy. So then the way he he eventually got caught was he did the same kind of thing. Um, He took this guy back to his apartment and he drugged him. And the guy kind of, kind of had a, like, he didn't want to do what he said. Like, he, the smell was so bad. The bloodstains, like, he he peeped all that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Before Jeffrey could, like, drug him. So he knew something was going on. And he just fully didn't fall into the, the comatose seat, like most of the victims, and tried to fight back. And eventually was able to get away. And go to the police. And the police is when they came into the apartment. And they saw all the different things. And then they found all the pictures of all the victims. Yeah, so he was taking Polaroids of his victims in the bathtub before he dismembered them. Or like different states of dismemberment he had pictures of. Yeah, or before he had sex with them. like Right, necrophilia. So he finally gets arrested and he gets, you know, these 15 life sentences or whatever. And obviously he's not very well liked in prison. (laughs) And so his dad is like trying to, I don't know, still have a relationship with this I think his dad felt guilty. 
Yeah, well, and that's what I was saying the whole time. It was, and I mean, and the mom never had a relationship with her, but she shows up at one of his court hearings. And I think a lot of that was from the mom taking drugs, the way the mom treated them, and the way that the dad treated them. Well, yeah, I mean, so you know, yeah, well, I'll go into my theory about that later. <laughs> So when he gets arrested, they don't, like, have to beat nothing out of him. He's just, like, you know. I'll tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, talking like, I don't know, like, it was a vacation. Oh, yeah, I murdered him. Yeah, I cut his head off. Yeah, I did this. Yeah. I mean, he basically gave him all the details because he had... He had bodies all over. Like, he had bodies in the apartment. He had bodies at his at his parents' house. And he had bodies at his grandmom's house. Mm-hmm. So they, like, he was giving him details of where to find all these bodies. And he was scattering the body parts all over the property. Yeah, and he was trying to find uh, different ways to dispose of the bone so we had the acid he was trying to bust him up with a damn hammer so like so he said he wound up putting him in the oven so they would dry out and then he could smash them into dust yeah and that's what this all these smells were that the neighbors were was smelling like i can't even imagine and he was living in like this call it a ghetto high rise yeah they said it was like a drug like they everyone always says like why are you living here like this is a really bad part of town this is like drug central like why and he was like because it's cheap yeah so i mean there's just numerous apartments connected to his and there's floors underneath there's floors above like i I don't understand how you can get away with it Right. I mean, they found they found several heads in his kitchen. They found human hearts in the freezer, um, seven skulls in his bedroom. There was, um, yeah, so there was two, like, actual heads. Like, still had the face and everything. Like, he had them, like, what's that word? Formaldehyde, I guess, or whatever. In jars in his refrigerator. He had skulls. He had... Like I said, um, a human torso in his one freezer, human hearts that he was saving to eat later, I guess. Like there was like a a huge vat of acid. Um, He had preserved all kinds of sexual organs and um, genitalia and stuff like that. It was just gross, like the stuff stuff that he did. And I feel bad for the families because of the way he disposed of the bodies. Like they can't even have closure you know what i mean it's not like you can dig up the bones and have some kind of you know what i mean you you kind of get no closure when you don't have a body i feel yeah i i I agree so he starts just you know talking about it like it's it's nothing like he was on vacation is the way i'd have been having that conversation Mm -hmm. so i don't know and that was like the I don't that had to be a record on how fast he was charged. Oh yeah. I guess when there's really no investigation to be done or trying to <laughs> prove Right, you had all the evidence story. that you need. Yeah. So he's in jail. He's not well liked by the others. He's still the odd man out. He's still a dork, a geek, whatever. And 
that when he met that guy in that room. So there was an inmate that I guess Scarver. was being restricted from watching news and newspapers because he gets so agitated. And right, psychotic. Yeah. So I don't know how, but he got the newspapers in the library in the okay. prison and I, I knew that was going to be his demise. There was there was no way that was not going any other way. Well, he was. I mean, he was in prison. I guess he was trying to trying to fit in. But like, they were eating dinner or in the mess in the mess hall, whatever you want to call it, in prison. And he like held up like a chicken wing or something and put ketchup on it. Was like, yeah, this is what it looked like before I ate it. Like, like trying to be funny, and it wasn't really funny. Well, and then people, his father included, would come in, and then he got all these fucking crazy psycho fans from everywhere. What is wrong with girls? What the fuck is wrong with girls? Right. Like, I don't understand that. Like, they were sending him money. Love letters. Love letters. Um, Like, oh, can I have your autograph? Like, what? They made a comic about you. And there was guys doing it, too. I mean, I am... I am a true crime junkie, a holic, lover, whatever you want to call it. Yo, I ain't ever going that route. Right. So if anyone gets the idea that Robin's going to contact an inmate, they're dead wrong. No. (laughs) Mm, Not going to happen. Hell no. Hell to the no. So he's getting all this money, all these... uh, fans like they're sending him oh my god look they made a christmas card uh <laughs> i don't know Dahmer's holding somebody's head in his hand. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. the comic book and so they were blowing his head up so Burr. i feel as though when he was in that mess hall having lunch and you know wanted to be liked i think he thought everyone thought that he was this Celebrity. Popular, yeah, celebrity. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at me. Right. And uh, not everyone takes it like that. I don't know what's wrong with these goddamn girls today, but no, and you see it all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. He's alone in the, what was it, the gymnasium. There's three guys cleaning the gymnasium. Now, mind you, though, let's back up a little bit. He did just find Jesus and get baptized, though. Oh, yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah, because he's going up, not down. (laughs) You know, he wound up having lengthy conversations with the priest and wound up going to church and decided he wanted to be baptized. Nope, don't even care. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, well, I think that has something to do with John Wayne Gisu because he got executed when he was in prison. Yeah. And there was like, you know, there was, so it started to be like, you know, do you think God, you know, he started really thinking about, you know, does God forgive everybody, even people like me? Like he, so he actually, when he actually got arrested, he wanted, he wanted the death sentence. Like he's like, can you just give me the chair? And they didn't have the death penalty at that time. Yeah, and in Wisconsin, so he had to serve life, and he 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 wanted to die, but I mean, he did find Jesus, and I feel like he was ready to die. Like 
he always felt that he should have been punished for the crimes that he committed. He knew that he did wrong. Right. I totally agree. So it it says here on the morning, November 28th, 1994, Dahmer left his cell to conduct his assigned work detail. Accompanying him were two fellow inmates, Jesse and Christopher. The trio were left unsupervised in the showers of the prison gym for approximately 20 minutes. At approximately 8.10 a.m., Dahmer was discovered on the floor of the bathrooms of the gym suffering from extreme head wounds. He had been severely bludgeoned about the head and face with a 20-inch metal bar. His head also had been repeatedly struck against the wall in the assault. Although Dahmer was still alive and was rushed to a nearby hospital, he was pronounced dead one hour later. Anderson had been beaten with the same instrument and died two days later from his wounds. Uh, Scarver, who was serving a life sentence for murder committed in 1990, informed authorities he had first attacked Dahmer with the metal bar as Dahmer was cleaning a staff locker room before attacking Anderson as Anderson cleaned the inmate locker room. Uh, it says Dahmer did not yell or make any noise as he was attacked, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, the movie shows it, whether it was true or not, that Scarver is his name. Uh -huh. Um, got with him on one on one and said, "Did you really do those things?" He says, "Well, what are you talking about? Like, you you know what we're all talking about." So Dahmer admits to it. I mean, hey, at least he didn't, you know, lie because at that point, I think I'd probably be lying. So he says yes, and Scarver grabs this metal pipe because they're like. I think it was like a dumbbell because they were in the gym. It was like the. Yeah, but like only bar. 20 inches. So it must have been what, the handheld one? Yeah, like a dumbbell one. Yeah. Without well, the weights on it. Yeah. Yeah, not the one you go over your head. Just the one Yeah, no, the dumbbell, on. like a dumbbell one. So he's questioning Dahmer, and then Dahmer says, well. Um, my victims didn't feel it because at least I drugged them. He said, well, you about to feel every damn minute of this. Right. I like, yes! <laughs> Which I feel is the way it should be anyway. Yes. And so he beat the living shit out of them, which, hey, it's what you get. And when his dad went to the hospital to ID him, the whole like half a side of his head was missing. And I was like, good, that's what you get because that's what you did to other people. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, they should have brought you back to life and it should have allowed that to go on 18 times. Right. Let the family have at it. So I was reading after I watched that. Okay. So at the end of it, I think they were pushing that, uh, that other show. John, what's his John name? John Wayne Gacy? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. I feel as though they were pushing that. Um, well, that was that's already been out though. That's been out for a while. Yeah, but if they get a whole, I mean, this Dahmer series is number one. I don't know how many people watched it, but did they get all those people to watch that? You know, they make more money, whatever. So I feel like they were pushing that, and I read somewhere after watching it that that Scarborough guy who murdered Dahmer mm-hmm. said that he did it because it was people like him that Dahmer murdered. Scarborough was a, a young black man. I mean, right. it didn't say if he was gay or not, but, and I didn't know until watching this show that, the majority of his victims were gay black men. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. But, hey, you you get what you deserve. I mean, that's, that's what you get. So then, at the very end, though, the mom, who never really had a relationship with him, went against Jeffrey's wishes of his body and had his brain removed before he was cremated because she wanted to donate it. And then the father fought her on it because she wanted it tested to see why he was the way he was. And I personally feel that she was doing that for her own benefit because she wanted to validate that she wasn't the reason that he was the way he was. Right. So the parents stayed uncivil. They couldn't even be in a room together. Um, the mom wanted to blame the dad. The dad wanted to blame the mom. I blame both. Um, but, yeah, so the mom wanted to donate the brain to science to find out what the hell was wrong with them. The dad's like, no. And the dad had Dahmer's wishes, which, who cares what your wishes are? Did your victims get any last wishes? Right. But then the dad came out with that book. Like, I don't know. It seems like he tried to write a book, but it didn't, it didn't go very, like that was before he was killed and no one wanted to read it. Really. I don't feel like. I think he did get that book out. It says, I know published a book, a father's story and donated a portion of the proceeds of his book to the victim's families. Yeah, but I think that was before Jeffrey was killed is what I'm saying. Because remember when he went to the prison to see Jeffrey one time, Jeffrey said, oh, well, you could use your proceeds from the book for something, for a vacation or something. And he was like, oh, well, the book didn't really do that well or something like that. Mm. So. What's up? They're using their names in a book. Right. So it says that the mother, Joyce, died of cancer in November 2000. Prior to her death, she had attempted suicide on one occasion. And Dahmer's younger brother, David, changed his surname and lives in Anami. Um, I would, too. How about the dad? What happened to him? Um, I don't know. So, if if I remember correctly, didn't it start out where the dad had committed suicide? Mm, I don't think so. The very first episode. 
before you even knew anything about Dahmer. Was I... Am I wrong? I... I don't remember that. No, no. It was the mom. And remember, he was like, oh, she does this all the time. She just does this for attention. She was always on the verge of commit, trying to commit suicide. Right. But it I'm... wasn't him. It was he came home from work and found her. Okay. Yeah, no. Um, it was the mom who was always committing suicide. And apparently he's still alive. Really? He's 86. Damn. So after Dahmer was charged and went to prison and everything... Uh, they decided that they would uh, destroy um, the apartment complex. And they were told that they were going to make a memorial park or something there to, you know, acknowledge the victims. And at the end of the show, that still wasn't done. I wonder if they ever did anything. No, I don't think so. Because, I mean, they just did that, so I would feel like, I don't think they ever did anything with it. That's just sad. Right. I think it's still an abandoned lot, is what I read somewhere. Yeah, so the guy that murdered him, so I read somewhere that it was the three of them in that gymnasium that they were supposed to be cleaning. Right. And that that guy did end up killing Dahmer and the other one because the other one was making fun of him or some shit. Well, if you if you remember from the show, he said I killed him because he killed his wife and kids or something like that. But and then he goes, not nearly as bad as what you did, something like that. Oh, oh, okay. So, yeah, he has, I don't know, three life sentences, and he don't care. He had nothing to lose at that point. Yeah, I mean, not like you're getting out. But, so, my review of the whole thing is it was very informative. Like, I didn't know all that went on, but then again, I, I was young. You were younger. Um, I think the actors did an outstanding job. I expect this to win major awards. And as far as the victim's family, I can go both ways on that, too. Meaning? Like, the victim's families were very upset that Netflix came out with this. Well, I, I get that, but you don't have to watch it. And, like, the victims' families are upset that Netflix isn't sharing any of the proceeds. And I get that. Yes, they should. So, I don't know. As usual, I'm conflicted. Well, I mean, I kind of feel like I can understand the family's point of view. I mean, it was 30 years ago, if not more, because some of the victims were in the 80s. Right. So, you're like, that's 40 years ago. Like, you're just rehashing old wounds that probably a majority of those people had kind of 
closed the book on that chapter of their life or had healed from those things and and now you're basically like ripping that scab right the frick right, off but you don't have to watch it but true but I, I mean you're probably because of all the media hype and hoopla about it yeah, it's I, you know become so popular like it's kind of hard not to like and they might not have watched it but it's still like the probably one girl, makes them relive memories the one girl that had the outbreak in a courtroom she was like i cannot believe how much that actor looks like me and she said verbatim word for word what i said in that courtroom but right. like i was trying to explain to somebody once it's out there, it's out there. You don't need their permission to make a movie about them. True. You don't need their permission to do a podcast. You don't need their permission. Like, I guess way back then when it happened, you know, the goddamn internet isn't what it is today. Right. And, you know, you could sort of keep things private because the media was just jumping for the hottest story. They weren't staying on anything like they do now. Right. But, you know, they don't, Netflix doesn't need your permission. Netflix could do a damn movie about us and it could be, you know, totally fiction. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's really much you could do. Probably not. I talked to one of the attorneys before we started the podcast and Mm. asked him, you know, where do I draw the line? And he said, unless you are ruining somebody's character, not even character, more of like income than anything. Um, So all my friends... None of them are, you know, a millionaire. So if I put a story out there, I don't know, say about my sister and it wasn't true, but I made all these people believe it. Oh, well, that's like defaming someone's character. Like, right. But she can't afford to sue me and she's retired. So. She's not losing any income. So there's not much she's going to do. So he was basically saying, when you put it out there, if you don't have facts, if you don't have proof in your hand, then don't say it. And he also said, if you don't have proof in your hand, you have to say, in my opinion, these are my thoughts. This is my conclusion. So, I mean... I feel bad for all the victims, their families, but you can't stop shit like that. I mean, I think it's ignorant of Netflix not to share the damn proceeds with the families. Definitely. And I feel like I read somewhere that one of the sisters of the victims or whatever, like she was never even asked for her input or something. Yeah, I seen that too. And if Netflix is making you know, big dough on this series. Why don't they put a memorial park there? You know what I mean? It didn't cost you that much to make the movie. Like you're making hand over fist in this. Why don't you do the memorial park? Right. Put your damn name on it if it makes you feel better. But 
they need to be remembered in in a good way. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. But that that show that was some good. It was a good action. one. Yeah. It was the best ten hours of my life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, what are we doing next week? I don't know. We'll talk about it. Either sub episode two of I Am a Killer or. Um, I don't know that it was that good to even talk uh, about. Okay. Well, then I don't know. Um, I don't know what's out there. I don't know. I'm I'm really getting into this this Cosby one. Oh, you're watching that Cosby one. I've been wanting to do John Wayne Gacy, so. But I can do. We can do Cosby. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long either one of them are. Yeah. But I like. I like when we do our true local crime. I do like that too. I love that, and I love when we do something that everyone's talking about right now. Right. Which. I don't know what that is. So I mean, Hocus Pocus Two is what everybody's talking about right now. <laughs> I know murder and <laughs> So, if you have anything you want us to cover, or any questions, comments, or concerns, give us some ideas, throw some things at us, people. Yes, you can reach us on the socials. It's Robin and Stephanie's Crimeaholics Podcast. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's next. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it. We'll surprise you. Yes. Sounds like a plan. Right. So, any final thoughts, Steph? No, just that it was really good. So if you have an extra 10 hours of your life to spare, I would definitely suggest watching it. (laughs) It's definitely, it's definitely good. It's kind of graphic and a little gory. So keep that in mind. No young children. But, um... It's really good if you have a chance to watch it. I was pleasantly surprised at how well it was done. And I think all the actors should get major awards this year. And, you know, I feel so sorry for the victims and their families. And I hope that Netflix decides to share with them or build this memorial park or something. Don't be so stingy, Netflix. Right. And on that note, I'm going to say goodbye. Peace out. And we'll catch you next week. Catch you on the flip side.